So actually, um, before before I even bought a house, I was uh, I got involved in lending first. So I got involved in private lending. Um, so one of my my early jobs was in mortgage banking, and I was always always curious about you know money and how the world of mortgages and, and real estate finance worked. I, I felt like if I could master that, then that would help me along my journey um, to becoming financially independent. So um, while I'm learning about mortgages and and help. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time. And these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio. Or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you the Dwell listeners a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you one to start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got the amazing Todd Miller with us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Hey, Olin. I'm doing great. How's your morning starting off today? Pretty fantastic. Um, even better now that you are, I've got you on the show. So you have a f- remarkable story. Cannot wait to dig in with you. Um, you know, became financially free at 35. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so just <laughs> kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about who, you know, who you are, what you've been doing, and kind of what you've been up to lately. Yeah, so uh, I guess my money story really started back when I was uh, about 19 years old. And it really started uh, with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and that really opened my eyes up to, you know, what was possible with, with money and with real estate and the freedom that you could create. And that really got me excited about, uh, you know, what, what I would be able to accomplish in life and that, you know, I wasn't necessarily going to have to sit behind a desk working for the next 40 years and, you know, hopefully be able to retire one day. You know, this was an alternate path to be able to do things differently, to free up time and, and be able to do things, you know, differently and have some unique life experiences. And that, that sounded a lot more fun to me than uh, slaving, slaving away at a corporate job for a long time. Um, so that really got me going down the path of personal finance and the different vehicles that could really help me achieve this goal of uh, financial freedom. And of course, you know, uh, a lot of people love real estate and I, I jumped on the bandwagon too um, and got, got to work on, on learning about it and finding some mentors and buying some houses and, you know, eventually being able to, uh, to quit my job so I could go travel the world for, uh, for about a year. And then, uh, of course, due to the pandemic, got, <laughs> had to fly home and, uh, and been home for a while now. But um, yeah, I mean, it really, for me, it all started with um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and really the four-hour work week. And those two combined really just kind of blew my mind and uh, that things could just be done a lot differently than 
what I had learned growing up in school and and just you know being able to to live an alternate life and you know it's it's made all the difference that I that I went down that path. So I've read one of two books that you mentioned, right? I've read Rich Dad Poor Dad. As a matter of fact, I strive to read that book, you know, twice. I'm sorry, once every single year. The four-hour work week, I have a an issue, a personal issue, obviously, <laughs> with the title, right? Um, of course, um, it sounds misleading, right? I haven't read it just because of the title. Um, but that's not that's not my question. My question is, you know, what are your so you read this one book, the you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and then that kind of just literally took your life on a different path, right? Um, what are your thoughts on reading? You know, say there's somebody in their twenties, um, maybe thirties, they're just kind of starting out life, and maybe they have probably really haven't read, you know, a book like a, a business or self development book, and they're just like, oh, I don't really read. I stopped reading when I went to university. What are your thoughts on just reading in general? You know, I was I was the same way. I I really didn't like reading growing up. You know, it was more of hey, you got to read this book over, you know, over your summer break and get ready to take a test on it, you know, the first day back in school, in high school. And I, I, you know, I hated that. That just, that wasn't fun. And it was always books, you know, that I really wasn't interested in and wasn't excited about. Um, So really, I think, you know, starting off with getting involved in reading is really finding a subject that you're curious about. And for me, that just happened to be, you know, to to be real estate and retirement and, and, you know, making money and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think once you really find that subject that you're, that you're interested in, then reading is a lot more fun and, and it opens your eyes up a lot more. You know, I can remember, you know, reading textbooks and things in college and high school and, and, you know, you'd literally spend 20 minutes reading and then, you know, you kind of like come back to it and you'd be like, what, what I just read, right? you know, you'd be kind of like, if you don't, if you don't fall asleep, that is, if you don't fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So, but it's a lot different, you know, when you're reading something that you're curious about, you're, you're really engaged in the subject matter and, and you're really like, huh, you know, that's an interesting thought. I've never really thought about the world that way or didn't know that that was even a possibility. Um, so, you know, finding that subject matter and just kind of, kind of diving into it, I think it'll be, it's natural once you find the, the right fit with what you're interested in. Yeah, um, one of my favorite lines is, you know, in life, you, you just don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, Google knows a ton, but there are also a lot of content in good old books, right? <laughs> that is just, might not be on Google. So I, I think, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. So you mentioned, um, you know, kind of in your intro about, you know, you started buying real estate, finding mentors, buying houses. So can you just kind of take us back to that time? So you know, you read the book and then you did stuff in this case, real estate, buying stuff. How did you buy the very first one? Cause I think that could be like, you know, what's that, that's kind of one of the barriers for people thinking, how do I actually do the very first one? Yeah. The first one's always the hardest. It's always, you know, ripping that bandaid or, or taking that first step is always the, the challenge. Um, so Luckily for me, you know, I got involved in some local meetups and some local real estate clubs and, and met some people that, you know, had that owned hundreds of houses. And, you know, they did this, you know, multiple times a month. So it wasn't a big deal to buy a house. It was just, you know, what they did. So they, they had a, a, you know, a degree of comfort level and they had a degree of knowledge about what they were doing. And, you know, I was just a young guy just, you know, hoping to figure out how to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks on a house. 
And, uh, and I linked up with the people that were professionals that were doing it, you know, full time and had been doing it for decades and, and really knew what they were doing and were willing to share their knowledge and, and, you know, kind of taking me under their wing and show me the process. Um, so I ended up getting involved in my first deal um, through one of my mentors. Um, he, he had a deal that he passed on to me. And then uh, when we closed on it, he was there to help kind of hold my hand and, and go through the rehab process with me and um, you know, show me some different um, construction techniques and things like that. And then eventually, you know, they helped me um, go through the process of finding my first resident and getting somebody in there. Um, so it was, it was a really you know, detailed experience that somebody was there with me every step of the way. And that's, that's what I found most valuable is that, you know, I was a, a young guy, didn't know a whole lot, but had a whole lot of ambition. And this, this person was there to, to kind of walk me, hold my hand, you know, make sure that I was, I was going to be successful on that first so that I would, you know, catch the bug and want to keep doing it and keep growing bigger and, and getting better. So flipping was kind of your first foray into the world of real estate. But of course, now you're going into other asset classes, such as apartments, which is what we do here at Dwelling as well. Um, so of course, there's, there's a journey towards that. So, you know, you got this person that helped you kind of partner, mentor, held your hand. You did your first deal, right? Um, how was that first deal? And what did you do after that, right? I think that's really important because, you know, you might go into a particular strategy and feel like, oh, that's an interesting strategy. Maybe I don't want to do that. Or kind of what were your thoughts on that very first deal? And how did the deal itself go? So actually, um, before, before I even bought a house, I, was, uh, I got involved in lending first. So I got involved in private lending. Um, so one of my, my early jobs was in mortgage banking. And I was always, always curious about, you know, money and how the world of mortgages and, and real estate finance worked. I, I felt like if I could master that, then that would help me along my journey um, to becoming financially independent. So um, while I'm learning about mortgages and, and helping, um, you know, regular people buy, buy houses and refinance, um, some friends of mine had actually, you know, started flipping houses. And that's what really kind of got me, got me going on the flipping path. Um, because I was helping them fund some of their deals. And, um, you know, so I would fund the transaction, they would return the money back to me several months later, and then we would do it again. And I was like, hey, these guys, you know, these guys have kind of figured it out. So I bet I can figure it out too. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, the first deal, um, it was actually a, a buy and hold for me. Um, I was, I was really interested in, in the passive side of things. I didn't, didn't, you know, I had a job. I didn't want another job. I wanted to get rid of the job that I had. So, um, so passive, passive investing made the most sense to me. So, um, you know, off the top of my head, I, I think, you know, we, we bought the house and, um, you know, had like a 15% cash on cash return going in and then also had a quite a bit of equity in it once we finished the rehab. Um, so held, held, held on that to, on, held on to that one for a number of years. And then, you know, eventually, eventually got rid of it and, and moved on to something a little bit better. Nice. Fascinating. So one thing that, you know, we, we haven't talked about is before you actually went into the mortgage um, business, you actually had a job in a pretty, in one of like, I think a fortune 500 company and then the recession hit and then you lost your job. How, how did you bounce back from that? you know, time in your life. I, I can only imagine. I mean, we saw, you know, the news with folks carrying the boxes out of, you know, Wall Street offices. And I mean, how was that? 
how was that moment in your life for you? Yeah, that was that was a tough one for me. Um, you know, I can still vividly remember getting called into my boss's office and then, you know, he shortly thereafter telling me, you know, I had to go and, and I really didn't understand, you know, why, you know, I was, I was a, a good performer at their company. And, um, and, and that was really tough because, you know, most people from a young age, you learn that you go to school and then you go to college and you get good grades also that you can get this, this great job. And, you know, I had a, I had a, a great job at a um, global fortune 500 company. And, I, you know, I was pretty proud of what I had accomplished. Um, and then to just suddenly get laid off, you know, that was, uh, that came as a, as a big surprise and it was hard to deal with uh, mentally for sure. Um, but it also, also opened up a lot of opportunity for me as well, because it allowed me to reflect on what had happened, um, how I wanted my life to proceed from that point on and really develop a plan on how I could really, you know, track down financial freedom and, and have more control over my life and not, you know, let, a, let another person tell me when and where I had to be. And, you know, if I was allowed to take vacation or not take vacation, that just sounded like way too much control uh, over my, over my life. So I, I was, I was ready to get rid of that as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> so the other thing you mentioned was you were going to this, you know, Riaz, you were meeting with the, you know, some of the veterans who are probably buying houses, you know, every other week or every other month. Um, they knew what they were doing. Um, and, you know, you kind of just piggyback on that track record and the experience to help yourself get to where you wanted to get to. So, you know, finding mentors and, and having partners is, is a crucial piece to this puzzle, right? To this game called real estate investing. What would you say to somebody out there looking to find mentors, right? They might think, well, I don't really have any money plus I don't really have any knowledge, right? <laughs> to, to teach this guy that's buying, you know, a house per week, right? Like what, what are your thoughts? What would you say to that person? Yeah, so I think it really starts with getting involved in these these groups and these organizations. And then as you get involved, you're going to find out who the players are, who's who's actually, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people out there in the industry that, you know, are great, great salesmen and great talkers, but not a lot of them actually can do what they say. And I think the more time that you spend in these groups and around these people, you're going to find out the person who's, you know, always talking about the deal that they're doing or, you know, always talking real estate or wants to, you know, meet, meet with people so that they can share their knowledge. Um, so really it's, it's finding these people and then seeing what you can do to help them. So a lot of instances, you know, in single family, in the single family space, a lot of these people are, are looking for somebody to, you know, maybe go drive for dollars for them or to, to make some phone calls for them to some prospective um, owners. Um, so there's, there's always something that these people need help doing. They usually have you know, big operations or they have a lot going on in their life and they can just use a little help. And, and if you're, you're able to get this, uh, this knowledge from these successful individuals pretty much for free and just make a little bit of a time commitment, I mean, that's, that's a, a huge win in my opinion. Fascinating. Thank you so much for that. So I got to talk about financial independence, financial freedom. Um, that term has been obviously thrown around a lot. Um, you know, when people hear that term, they're like, wait, is this person like a billionaire with like a yacht and like beautiful Ferraris and, you know, just traveling every time and 
drinking the best champagnes. What what is financial independence? What is financial freedom? What does that mean to you? And how, what do you think that should mean to other people? So really financial independence is when you are not reliant on, on a job to pay your bills and to survive. It's when you've created some sort of a business some, or some sort of an income stream or multiple income streams, which cover your living expenses that are able to cover, you know, the things that you need to survive and the things that you want. Um, so really, once you hit that point, then you really aren't reliant on a, on a job. You're, you're self-sufficient, so to speak. Um, so you kind of are at that point where, where I like to say you have enough. You know, you've, de you've decided what you need to have a good life. And you have this, you reach this point where you're able to meet that, you know, on a monthly basis. And, and really, I think that opens up a lot of new options uh, for people. You know, they're able to kind of take a step back and they, they have a lot more time. You know, I know when, when I hit financial freedom, I took a, a year off and went and traveled the world. And that really gave me, you know, a lot of time that I haven't had before to really reflect back on my life and, and what I kind of saw, you know, I wanted my mission to be in life. And, um, and so that allowed me to, to look at the world and see where, where I thought there was problems and, and opportunities that where I could help people. And so I think as you reach financial freedom, you naturally are going to want to um, start helping others more. You're going you're gonna to be focused on, you know, what, what we would call your legacy, so to speak on how you can leave your mark on the world and make it a better place. Right. It's kind of like that, you know, Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? You know, to self-actualization where you've got to a point where you're not just thinking about your next meal or, you know, if you have, you know, food in your house or a roof over your head, you're, you're thinking about how can I help others? How can I add value to the world? Yeah, that is fascinating. I definitely can't wait to hear some of your, your traveling stories and where you've been. Mm -hmm. I'm an avid traveler too. So <laughs> yeah, what would you say is your, I'm, I'm kind of curious actually, where, where's the most exciting place that you've been? Uh, well, we kind of, we, we did a couple months in Europe and then a couple months in Asia before uh, the pandemic hit. But um, one of the first things that we did is uh, we walked across northern Spain. So there's a like a, a well-known, I guess you would call it a hiking trail um, that starts in southern France and then it goes all the way to um, all the way to the the west coast of Spain and it's called the Camino de Santiago and it's a 550 mile walk um, across Spain where you know you walk maybe 10 miles a day and then you come to uh to a little town and you know you uh take off your backpack and put up your feet and have a glass of wine and you know relax and then you know hang out with some of the other other travelers and then get up the next morning and do it all over again and it was you know really cool and, and kind of unique experience that i wouldn't have gotten to have if if i was tied to that job you know i'd be fighting with my employer about trying to get those two to three weeks off um, you know, and that, that just wouldn't cover it. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to slow travel kind of, so to speak, so that we could, uh, you know, take our time and, and really get to know the culture and get to know the people and, and have a different experience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. agree. I mean, I wish I can keep talking to you, Todd, but we're, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick round. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. First question. 
what makes you Todd unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or from the next girl? So I would say that uh, I'm, I'm disciplined. Uh, you know, I'm, I have a routine and, and my fiance hates it that I have a routine sometimes because I'm, I'm so regimented in, in kind of the steps that I take to, uh, to set myself up for the day. Uh, because I know that if I'm, I'm taking these steps, then I'm kind of creating that positive momentum um, that I need in order to accomplish my goals. So I would say, um, say being ded dedicated and, and kind of having that regiment. Geniuses also had routines, by the way. That's why my wife always wonders. She always says, you do the same thing. I'm like, so far I'm not waking up and drinking a beer and smoking. Um, doing things that would kill me every day. If it's if the, if I'm waking up and doing my three mile run, I think I'm good. So yeah, please, um, right. we definitely okay. share that in common. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. We could be doing lots of worse things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> second question: What was the last book that you read, and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? So um, a friend of mine. Uh, um, referred uh, some Zig Ziglar books to me and he's he's kind of uh, I guess an older author he's 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 been around or you know he wrote maybe 20 25 years ago and uh, the one I'm reading right now is called see you at the top and his main message is that if you can help enough people uh, get what they want they in turn will help you get what you want and um, and he makes makes an interesting point um and that's you know if, if if you are let's call it let's say you're a basketball player and um and you step out onto the basketball floor but there's no goals so if you're a basketball player and there's no goals how do you how do you score how do you win how do you succeed so i would i would you know say the same thing in life if you don't have goals in life how do you win how do you succeed um, so I'm stealing that from him, but I just think that's, that's very eye-opening in, in how important, you know, having goals are. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Last thing, which we probably talked about actually, what do you do for fun? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I love to travel, uh, but, but uh, my second favorite thing to do really is exercise. So when I can combine travel and exercise, like we got to do it in Spain, then that's like, that's like my happy point. I can pretty much do that all day, every day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, between travel and exercise, you know, that, that takes up the majority of my time. Awesome. Well, if there's somebody listening and going, wow, I really like this Todd guy, or maybe I want to chat with Todd, you know, what is the best place people can get connected, know you more? Yeah. So, um, by day, I am a financial coach or a money coach, and my website is tightwidetod.com. And I'm really focused on helping people achieve their own version of financial freedom, um, whatever that may be, and to achieve their financial goals faster and sooner so that they can you know, maybe work on some other passions and contribute to the world and help make it a better place and however they see fit. Todd, you're a legend. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand 
believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.